question all the time to our users. So for the full-time seller out there that's using data mine on a daily basis, they say on average that we're saving them about two hours per day. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Hey, wanted to talk a few moments about some sponsors. Scope from Seller Labs. Um, when's the last time you created a listing, right? And when you create that listing, you've got to come up with the keywords, right? It's all keyword dependent. I don't care if it's uh, private label or wholesale. You've got to get it right. Well, what's the best way to get it right? If you're selling a similar product that's really successful, you go and you take and use their keywords. And that's what Scope does for you. It's a phenomenal tool brought to you again by Seller Labs, the leaders in technology uh, when it comes to Amazon right now. They are just crushing it with all their products. But Scope allows you to get that listing right. Get ranked for those keywords as fast as possible. Therefore, you get the sales. So, Go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code word momentum. Save a little bit of money. Get some free keywords to test. Try it out and see if you see an improvement. If you don't, adjust. What's cool about what I love about uh, Seller Labs is that you then message and say, hey, I didn't get this right, Tyler. Hey, Jeff, this isn't working right. What am I doing wrong? And boom you're going to get the help you need. And that's what you're going to get from Seller Labs. And, and it's a very special group. They've been very, I've been very fortunate to be connected with them. And again, I look over time, they've delivered every single time. You know, same thing I can say for Karen from Solutions for E-Commerce. I mean, she's been carrying my account for a couple of years now, um, and our account, my wife and I, and she really does handle things for us. Um, I mentioned uh, just last week, we created a new listing with forget how many variations but again all the flat files uploaded done as I needed I pop in so she'll send me a template I pop in some information and then boom it's handled oh wait these pictures weren't done right blah 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 this UPC needs it boom modified adjusted and again the communication has been phenomenal too I get an email pack saying hey this was done or this you're missing this Steve hey you got to do this so you know we have those challenges too and that's why I like working with somebody who's been doing it and been doing it for a long time did you know Karen also does listings for eBay? Yep, lots of them. So if you want to build out that channel, which of course you should, it's Q4, you should be selling everywhere you can. Um, Karen can help you with that too. So you got to tell her I've sent you. So you're going to go to solutions for e-commerce forward slash momentum. You're going to save 50 bucks every single month. You're going to save that $50. But more importantly, you're going to get an inventory health report. Um, did you just get hit with monthly long-term storage fees? Well, guess what? If you haven't, they're coming. You want to get that inventory right, and she can help you with that. You got to tell her I sent you. Again, solutions, the number four, e-commerce forward slash momentum will get you into that. Save the 50 bucks. Get that inventory health report, though. That's really, really important. Get that going right away. And I don't want to miss my coach when it comes to retail orb or online orb. When I have a question, and I do, not that we don't we don't really do much of it anymore, but when I do have a question, I go to Gay Lisby. Because why? Because she's really... She is a coach. I mean, she's really phenomenal, but she also puts out a daily list and you're going to get that list five days a week. You're going to get tons of leads. The number of uh, agreed to amount that you're supposed to get, she, she usually gets to those in the four days and then the fifth day seems to be a bonus most of the time. Phenomenal group, small amount of uh, buyers where this list is going to. And the best thing is the nuggets that you learn. Hey, why is the red one better than the blue one? Gay can help you with those questions. I saw, hey, I got, um, I got a, the dreaded letter about a brand. Here's the, here's the way you approach it. Hey, receipts, um, how do you, what's the best practice? I saw her leading instructions, teaching me, the accountant, how to do a better job with it. And it's phenomenal. So it's Gay Lisby's um, a million dollar selling. Um, I'll have the link in here. You've got to use... Um, the, my, my link, and, and it does help me. I don't want to say it that way, but um, it's part of Amazing Freedom with Andy Slamins, Lee Ron, Hirsch Korn, and Nate Slamins, so you know you can trust them, okay? So come out to the website, take a look at it, and you will get uh, savings, and you can get two weeks free right now. Only through my link, you get two weeks free. Try it. You don't like it? I get it. Back off. But right now is the time to make money. Get cash flow going right now. And so join, you get two weeks free. The only way you're going to get the two weeks free is if you use my link. It's on this episode. Come on out and give it a try. You will not be disappointed. Again, you're going to see me in there. So reach out if I can help you too. Let's get into the podcast. 
Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 355 Brooks Boland. Now his name might not be familiar with you, but his company might be. Um, there's a whole bunch of smart people that have found this out and I'm just finding it out and that's pretty normal. I'm a little behind the curve. The company's called Datamine. Datamine with two eyes. Okay. So Datamine with two eyes. Um, and it is a probably one of the biggest advancements that I see for an eBay business. If you're running an eBay business and you're not running it well, Steve, um, you know that there's opportunities, but it's so overwhelming to try to manage it on your own. You know, if you're a one or two person operation like we are, it is such a hard uh, thing to keep track of things. It's so hard to find what's working right, what's not working right. And what I love about Datamine and, and the little bit I know, but the little bit that I've used it, I physically have been using it, and I'm already seeing an improvement in our efficiency because I'm addressing things that I've been dying to address, but I couldn't find them. Datamine makes it easy to find the problems in your business. And their whole approach is, again, driving revenue or saving time, period. That's it. Everything that they do, when you go in and you start looking at delisting and relisting, there's a reason. It's helping you get moved up in the algorithm so it sells. Everything's done to help you sell or save time. It addresses my inventory, shows me the age of our inventory. And it's, I said to uh, Brooks after we were done with the call, I said it's, it's, it's that health scale that nobody wants to go to. And, it, and your stuff is put up on this big flashing board and it's showing you how unhealthy you are. Sucks. But the great news is I know what to fix. I have, an, I have the ability to address it. I have a place I can go. Um, and that's very, very exciting. So as uncomfortable as it is to stand on the scale, it's a great place to start because it tells you where you need to put in the work. Um, and again, I've already started doing the work immediately. First day I got it, I immediately I'm like, oh, I can fix that. Holy smokes. And so I got a lot of those small fixes to do. But again, that's going to improve our business. And it's just so exciting. So let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest because it's an opportunity. Probably a whole bunch of us old sellers um, have been looking for. It's an opportunity to gain gain back the control, the control that you have if you sell on Amazon, right? Where you can take your data and you can manipulate it. Third-party systems allow you to manipulate. Even Amazon allows some of the manipulation. But on eBay, it's always been a challenge. It's because uh, I've tried many of the other companies. I, I think I still have an InkFrog account because that was at least one way I can get into our data and do some bulk edits. Um, but it's never been easy. It's just never been easy. And I've tried some of the old systems. I don't even think around again. But here's a company that has really, really made it easy. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the examples. One that I did this morning that just like blew my mind. I finally fixed an item that I've been dying to fix. And it was because I was able to find it. And that's what this company is so, so good at. Uh, company's called Datamine with two eyes. And I'm really happy to welcome Brooks Bolton. Welcome, Brooks. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I think that statement, how many times have you heard that, what I just said? You know, how many times? It, uh, probably almost every day I hear that statement because, you know, when you download our software, it's going to open your eyes to a lot of things that you don't really have the granularity to see on eBay. And, and this isn't an eBay criticism, you know, again, and I yeah. always say this, this is a giant machine. They're a legacy company, right? They were one of the first. They have... A gazillion, you know, we were talking in the pre-show that they have how many, you know, sub systems that they've been trying to bring together, trying to bring together. They got this huge bureaucracy, so I'm sure they can't make a decision because, to be honest, a change in anything affects different stakeholders differently because of the systems that they have. And so, again, this is not a criticism, but it doesn't matter. We've got to find a way to make it work because ultimately, if we don't sell, eBay doesn't exist, right? They don't have the money to keep it going. So the goal has to be to sell more. And so that's why I'm certain they embrace what you're doing, too. I can't imagine that they don't. Oh, yeah, they're actually bringing us out uh, on November 27th. So we're flying out to San Jose to basically talk to a bunch of sellers at eBay. Is it because... You come at it from a completely. You don't have the um, the investment in the romance. Maybe that's the right way to say. It. There's no romance for you with this old way of doing things, right? It's completely. Here's a subset of data, right? I always say it's a database, right? So they they can only do so much with it. Here's a subset of data. We want to manipulate it this way, this way, this way, and this way, right? You're not romantic about well, you know. There are three sellers, and this is the way they do things, right? It's it's just right. all for you business. 
Exactly. I mean, what we realized is there's no really one tool out there doing a little bit of everything from accounting to inventory automation. So as eBay sellers for five years, uh, we basically, we work full-time jobs elsewhere. So we had to develop a tool that helped us scale. Well, and that, and that, I want to get right into that story because I think, again, you're scratching an itch. Right? You found a problem. I, I watched you on Chris Lynn's show, and it was just so great. The minute I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, these guys get it. They absolutely get it. They're looking for the most efficient way to have the least amount of touch points for their data. They want to automate things that take no thinking, right? There's there, To delist and relist something, there should be no thinking other than perhaps price, right? If it didn't sell, there might be a price issue, right? That That's a different – that's the decision, right, quite frankly. If the listing stuff was already done, why do you have to decide it again and again and again? Right, and, exactly. you, and you guys get that. So that's really attractive. So you're full-time seller. So how many people are in the company? Five. All right. So there's five. And are you all sellers? We're all sellers. Okay. Yep. And so employees have their own accounts as well, so which is good. But. Yeah, well, it's absolutely good because some people be like, well, wait, they're going to find out, Steve, that you sell Corvette promo cars. I'm like, yep. <laughs> okay, go find them. Go ahead. Right. You know, good luck with that, right? Um, yeah. So so that, that issue, I think, is is definitely better than what you would find on Amazon. And Amazon people are much more protective because, you know, it's a wholesale account or whatever. When you're selling one-offs, which typical eBay sellers are, right? Typical mm-hmm. eBay sellers. Is that more who your software is for would you, when you think about this because that's the type of guys you are? Uh, we, def- we sell 100% renewables. So I'm constantly 90, 95%. Well, what's renewable? Is it a wholesale or is it just something that you have access to? It is IT products that I have access to. Okay, so they're not like a, you're not buying them from the manufacturer in China, having them shipped here, or yeah. even a distributor, and then you're yeah. so these are they they technically are one offs though, in a weird way. Uh, yes, that's that's true. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so so my my distinction is if I have a standard account where I'm buying, I had a I had a recent interview. The guy sells uh, GoPro parts, and he has wholesale accounts. So he's literally buying from a GoPro and a couple other companies that make things. And so those are are they the type of customer for you yet? Has this software developed for him, or is it the guy who's going to yard sales and and uh, flea markets and buying GoPro parts? I'm trying to make that distinction. So. Ninety percent to ninety-five percent of the people are the one-off items going to okay. um, going to flea markets. And I would assume this is my assumption. I think this is reasonable too. Is it's because it's so burdensome to scale. That's where all the problems are. If you're a reseller for wholesale, generally you have that cost of goods stuff figured out um, because it's carry few SKUs um, and it's just wash, rinse, repeat. But on the other side, it's so hard to scale. Um, I just did an interview with somebody, and they're like, "Ah, oh, man, I can't believe anybody can get over five thousand SKUs live on eBay by themselves without having a team." Right. Um, I assume that's something that you run into. Oh yeah, all the time. So, so you guys decide to fix this problem. You were selling before the software. Oh, we've been selling for. We built the software for us, and then a year and a half ago. Um, we said, oh my gosh, what we have is we can basically turn this in and productize this so we can uh, sell it to other sellers. So so basically the past two years has been working on making it a standalone product for other sellers. Um, how did you guys meet? We worked, Wuchug and I worked at a software company together. Okay. So you were in software development? Yes. Okay. So I was a product manager basically taking a software from idea all the way out to, uh, to roll out. And he was the developer. Okay. So uh, those of us, Steve, naive, not understanding that whole thing. So a product. So so walk us through each one of those roles because I'm not certain that we understand it. So when a software company or a uh, has users that says, hey, I want you to come up with this cool thing, this cool feature. Uh, my role was particular. So how do I quantify the need of a user? Is so it, so wait so the need of a user meaning that is it a is there a business model here, is there enough a, people that need that that we could get money for it? Is that yeah cr- correct? Basically, okay. quantifying for it's going to take you know twenty engineers to do this in six months. Is it worth the ROI? So I have my background's in finance. So then I would take that and put basically a financial model around it, and then take it from the idea stage and all the way tracking it how it gets developed to how it gets put into a price book to how it gets rolled out to 
10,000 people. So, so, so you're managing the project basically all the way along? Yes. Hmm. How do you manage? Isn't it like herding cats, programmers, because they are like, I mean, in some ways, really good programmers are artists. And I know that sounds so weird for people because it's just numbers, right? But it's right. not. I mean, there's there's some real creativity, isn't there, in, in software? Oh, yes. I mean, since Wuchang now are full-time in the business, I mean, my biggest weak point for me is I'm a big idea guy. So I'm constantly coming to him with ideas. And he will turn me down unless it basically can take uh, save you 500% of your time. So if he can make it 5x, then he might consider developing it. <laughs> so that's kind of been our, our philosophy for the past few years. Well, it sounds like that's working because otherwise you can get mired down and never move forward, right? Right. Because are you fixing, I mean, when you think about the problems that you've heard and, you know, people, the requests from people, because this has definitely developed over time, what percentage of those have you guys addressed, would you say? Um, of the needs of our users? Yeah, what yeah. While in beta phase, I'd probably say at least 60 to 75%. No kidding. I mean, think about that. These are problems, especially because I'm, I'm pretty certain that a lot of these sellers that you're dealing with have been selling forever and probably have the same experience that we have here, which is basically, you know, there are rules that have been put in place long after our listings were created. And to get them to comply becomes, it's, it's very unmanageable, unwielding, it might be the right term. And so for you to be able to address 60 to 70% of the problems that you've seen, that's a significant fix in a year and a half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've definitely uh, put a lot of pride into taking user feedback and then developing it. We just build a lot of momentum on that because, you know, if you put a request into eBay, it's going to get buried somewhere in their development team. It'll never get it done. But we're a lot more agile with that. So that's kind of been our strong suit. Yeah. I, I was going to say, is there something else that helps this now? I mean, has eBay got their act together in their database much more and not in a criticism way. Again, I don't want this to come down on them in a bad way, but because they've made so many drastic changes to their databases over the last couple of years, has that made it more accessible to you? Therefore you can act on it faster. Yes. Okay. E su surprisingly, eBay is the easiest tool to work with. So Amazon, Poshmark, Etsy, all those, uh, I would say backend APIs that allow us to do things. E eBay is definitely the most mature out of all of them. And mature meaning that the database is, uh, is stable? What does that mean, mature? Mature enough to where we can develop software to help the user. Because they're not changing it so much? Because they are giving us access to certain things. So some, some other companies like, like Poshmark is just so new. We, they don't have any of the ability for us to pull data and manipulate it like we do. Okay. But with eBay, it's very, and you're right. They, they do not make huge changes to that stuff. So allow software companies like us to come in and do neat things like this. Now, is that good or bad from a, uh, you know, you, now this is the nerd talk. Okay. So I want you to get back yep. on your nerd hat and say, and I mean that in a, a, the most positive way, because you mm -hmm. guys do things that I couldn't even think of. Um, is that healthy for a company or not healthy for a company? The fact that the database doesn't get changed a lot or the style or the, I don't know what the frame, what the words you guys use, but do you, do you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I think it's very healthy. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm always worried. I, I just don't understand enough of it. And so, you know, you hear some people say, oh my God, they're such a dinosaur company. They have legacy systems that aren't updated and blah, 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 blah. And then you hear you, who's a real into this stuff, saying, no, that's stable. That allows us to now do these things. Exactly. I think that's why eBay likes third-party tools like us. But, uh, but still, there's not been any tool that hit a home run to really help automate all the day-to-day -day activity for eBay seller. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, when I think back to all the systems that I've used, and I've used Inkfrog, I, st I still have an account somewhere, um, but and that was the cutting edge at the time. But I'm thinking back to those old... Oh my God, I can't even remember the names of them. All those old systems that you used to do things with. There was all third-party applications you had to use that maybe eBay owned or maybe they didn't. Was it Blackthorn or all these crazy things? Whatever it was way back then. None of them really worked. <laughs> I mean, it was like they would do a little bit, but they wouldn't do it all. Right, exactly. Why, why has there been such a gap between all of them 
because this was, you know, years, multi-years ago, where really there was a whole bunch of them. And then it was really nothing. Like I said, it was Ink Frog, maybe 6-bit or something like that. But then you guys coming along. What's that, what would you say is the reason for that giant gap? Because you guys experience, if you've been selling for five years, you're, you know what I'm talking about. I can't tell if it's like a, maybe these software tools aren't pure eBay sellers. But what we've realized oh. from our users, you know, they're paying you know, let's say 10 bucks a month for GoDaddy for accounting. They're paying 30 bucks a month for InkFrog just because it stores their pictures. Uh, they might be paying 50 bucks a month for 6-bit, which there are certain things with order information. But our tool does all that. Mileage tracking, they might be paying 5 bucks a month for mileage tracking. We do that as well. So it's like, how can we develop something that does it all at a price point that knocks all the competition out? So that's yeah, and the other thing I think too is like you said though, you guys are sellers, so you've experienced these problems. And did you have you used and don't without naming them and putting them down because I don't like that stuff, but because they served a purpose at the time. Have you used third-party softwares and said, "Ooh, this doesn't. Why isn't it giving me this?" No, we built everything custom in-house okay. for our business. Okay. All right. So this was all. And so five years ago, what started you down this track? What was the thing that pushed you over the edge that said, "All right, we've got to fix this." It was it really when you work full time, you know, 40, 50 hour weeks at a company and then you're still trying to manage, a, you know, a four hundred thousand dollar eBay business. You just don't have time. You know, you really basically we had to uh, hire employees full time. So they are managing while we're working on their jobs. And I think that's what really pushes over the edge to think very creative off scalability. And that's uh, that's kind of what I think set us apart. Well, let me ask you this. Was there a reason that you're operating a side hustle like eBay? I mean, was there a reason back then? Or is um, that normal in the in the in in your world that it's very normal that you know you work in uh, you know an IT during the day and then you do some side hustle? Well, the the way that we got product is the company that we worked at. So I almost had like a a, a reason to stay at that job. Just because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, so, look. Brooks, yeah, it, we got a problem. Uh, See that pile in the back, dude. I exactly. need you to make it go away. Could you could it, you help us with that? That's exactly what we did. So we took care of all the DOD wiping. So I was kind of like watching over the hen house for years, and then, and finally, I said, "Okay, when you know, when I hit X amount with this with the company, I'm quitting." So that in 2016, that's when things just super scaled. After that, once I went full time invested in the company, it just soared after that. Well. How did you, you know, that was your source of uh, inventory. That was your uh, your dealer, if you were uh, the drugs right. of these IT things that you're getting for free, in essence. How did you uh, deal with that, right? That, obviously, a lot of planning had to go into that. Enormous amounts of planning, but it's uh, it was really tough because they're a venture capitalist, a venture-owned company, so which can be very cutthroat. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of turnover, a lot of, I think I dealt with like four CFOs in the past like five years. So anytime a new CFO came on board, I would have to get in front of him immediately and say, hey, there's this thing called the liquidation process. By the way, I'm kind of the owner of that company. So it was very awkward conversations, but I had to be uh, complete upfront to where it's not like very fishy or anything like that. Yeah, because, uh, you know, obviously people would be suspicious. Like, wait a second, if you're if you're taking it, there must be some value. Right. right. And so that's the math that somebody does as the old CFO of me. I would sit there and say, wait a second, if you're making money at it, why aren't we making money at it? Right. However, there's a labor cost, right? Exactly. And you're yeah, not, they're not are. in that business, right? Exactly. They're a software company. We were doing it. They were doing the process. Um, basically, I, I took an idea and said, if we do this with all your returns products, you can probably make, you know, a million bucks a year off of it. Well, it grew so big that the CFO said, okay, Brooks. I, you know, I don't have, we're a software company. This is not our niche. But so I pitched to him that I would just fund it myself and he bid for it. And that's kind of how the whole thing started back in 2013. So, so let me get that again. Cause I don't think I quite understood that. So, so they are software developers. They eat through computers, right. And always replacing things, doing whatever they need to do. So they're burning through this equipment, right? There's a shelf life to it. It's gone. However, right. there's still a secondary market because you guys are cutting edge, right? You're leading edge. And mm-hmm. so therefore, other people would use this in another way. So you would take what, what's burned out or taken out or whatever it is and then repurpose it and then resell it. 
right? That's kind of the model. Exactly. I would remove the data to a certain standard. Okay. Um, which is big. That's a big deal. Big deal. Cause a lot of their customers were like uh, HIPAA hospitals, things like that. So I would remove the data as a service. And then I would buy the good at X price flat rate, no matter if the servers were good or bad. And then I would destroy them. However, I, I want since I bought them. I can do whatever I want to with them. Okay. And so some, if it's really destroyed, it'd be scrap or whatever you had to do with it. Okay. All right. Yep. Very, very cool. Have you, have you seen other people, uh, really successful sellers take that same approach? Cause your niche is pretty narrow. It's, it's very narrow. It's a, it's a very tight niche. I probably only know of like two other companies in the U S that try to buy like I do. Hmm. Now, the other four guys working in the company, or guys and girls, I shouldn't say that, the other four people working in the company, maybe uh, right about that, um, do they also participate in that same category as you, or have they have their own niches? They have their own niches, and I, I always you know, say, you know, do what makes you happy, so I don't want them to go out there trying to call computer companies, so they sell, you know, they're, they're basically the thrifter. Okay. But what's cool, though, is that, again, they aren't as limited in the IT world where, you know, that's a very specific industry, probably pretty high demand at this point. They're in that third-party category where it's more challenging. Like, if you sell a shirt, there's, what, probably 28 million shirts today on eBay, right? I'm probably maybe 280 million shirts. So mm-hmm. they have that different approach and a different perspective, and, I, and they're bringing that into the, um, into the world. So, so can you walk us through then how, how the five of you approach the business? Because there's so many moving pieces to data mine, and, and I just want to know where they came from. So you're a finance guy. You're saying, hey, mileage is important. Most other people will be like, mileage isn't important. Yes, it is. It's a big deal, right? It's a big expense that if you eat a lot of it, uh, so I get where that came from. How about the rest of the, the business? Um, so my wife works full-time for the business, and so does Wu Chung's. And uh, my wife basically runs all eBay operations. So while we were working full-time elsewhere, she was handling everything with eBay and Amazon. So she, a lot of the ideas, you know, we would sit down with her on a weekly basis and saying, hey, if you click here, click here, click here, we would just watch how she's clicking. And then that's how we started figuring out how to automate a lot of the stuff. Uh, I think there's a pro tip there. I think what you just described is what people should do, even in their small little eBay or Amazon business, is if you're doing the work, document, right? You know, do that standard operating procedure. Write down all the touch points, right? Right. Because a software like yours might reduce that. Um, I know we're going somewhere, but I just want to ask this question. Have Have you heard feedback from people on what percentage... Um, this has brought to their bottom line of efficiency because it's, I'm like, again, I'm telling you that stupid thing that I fixed this morning, this one, here, here's the, here's the short version. I have a hundred, I'm embarrassed by this, a hundred shipping conditions or whatever they call them. I don't know what they call them. I have a hundred um, uh, shipping profiles. Now, Steve has never created, I think I've created three because they forced it upon me. So, and almost most of my listings are all in those three, right? First class, uh, uh, priority and media mail. All the rest of them have one, two, mm-hmm. three, but there's a hundred of them. And I didn't create them. They were just there and it got converted over. For me to be able to fix these in the old way on, e- on eBay's database, it'd take me a lifetime because they're all individual. It doesn't make it easy. I was able to fix one. It took me about six seconds to fix it on your system. Right. I would say for the full time, and I ask this question all the time to our users. So for the full-time seller out there that's using data mine on a daily basis, they say on average that we're saving them about two hours per day. Wow. Dude. And on top, on top of that. That's a average, 25% of your day if you work an eight-hour day. That's, that's unbelievable. Right. And on average, then I ask them the revenue. How are we helping you increase revenue through delisting and relisting automation because it's getting more exposure out there? And most of the users are averaging – these are full-time sellers around 500 to 600 bucks extra revenue a month off things that just haven't sold in let's say half a year or greater. And so when you, if you've used this for more than one year, right. And you start to scale to it. Now you're just talking some, some pretty significant on that five or $600. What, what revenue would that seller be at? I mean, is there, is there a frame of reference? Cause I, oh, I assume uh, it's linear. I would say around 5,000 a month. Okay, so five thousand, so sixty thousand dollar a year seller could see a, a ten per. It's, I mean, it's ten percent. Yeah, it's a ten percent improvement in revenue without, 
without adding staff. Oh, and wait, hey, Brooks, I got a deal for you. We're going to grow your revenue 10%. And listen to this. You're going to do it in 25% less time. Are you in? I like that pitch. Let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a real pitch, though. I mean, it, it's it because is. I go, wait a second. Because, you know, you already got the person looking at your item. How do you convert that sale? And so getting it found in the algorithm, which to me is like the duh moment. You know, I mean, to me, you guys have figured out a way to say, hey, look, Steve, your stuff hasn't sold because it's not in the algorithm. It's no, nobody's seeing it because eBay rewards things that sell, right? Logically, or people that sell. They want you to sell more, right? They're giving you the most current items, right? Is that, is that the right kind of theory? Oh, yeah. They're delivering to customers the most current version of the water bottles, not Steve's one that's been sitting on his, his thing for 180 days. So how do I get that in front? I thought, now this is me thinking, that my good till cancel would automatically renew that listing. Is that not correct? No. No, that's the thing. So that's the... That- I think they want you to do good tool canceled and eBay wants you in their platform every day, just how I want you in data mine every day. So they reward people that are in their platform every day by giving them higher search. But why so, explain that? Why, why would they do that? Cause there's more sticky. So if you're using eBay every day, if you're using data mine every day, it's just, that's a, you know, I would definitely reward people that are using the product every day versus someone that's not using the tool, let's say once a month. But wouldn't you want to reward me for bringing you revenue? Because your business model is based a percentage of my revenue. Sales, excuse me. You're right. You're right about that. I think, but... See, that's to me a miss. I've never been able to make that connection because this is me and this is, and I'm not bitter about this, but I've always thought to myself, God, I've been selling on that platform forever. We've, we've, they've gotten zillions of dollars. Well, no, they've gotten tens of thousands of dollars in fees from us over the years, right? Um, Right. Why wouldn't they say, Steve, you're important to us. Therefore, we're going to give you, we respect, you know, whatever. We want to help you build up your business. Like, uh, like almost like I would like to have an account manager um, that would help me and say, hey, you were one of our better sellers. You've done everything you're supposed to do. You meet our standards, blah, blah, blah. Let us help you sell more because therefore we benefit. And it seems like a miss to me. But you're saying that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, I think so. I mean... I've had the same problem. I would love an account manager because we've paid eBay, you know, probably $100,000 in the past few years. But it's almost where the eBay has a big gap. It's They only reward people that are doing the things right right now. Not They don't look at saying this seller over the past 10 years has done X. They're more looking at this seller is doing this right now. I mean, how do I reward them in the algorithm of eBay? Well, and I guess if we were honest, uh, they're a publicly traded company that's changed hands a whole bunch of times, got lots of different people in charge that are being measured for the quarter. They're not being measured for the lifetime of the value of the business. It's like, how do we pay our bills this month and next month and the month after? We got to make our shareholders happy. And so to be fair, that's the world they play in. So they have that limitation. Um, so I get it. And and again, it's not a criticism because the platform's unbelievable. I mean, it gives you such a giant audience. I mean, the I mean, the stuff I sell overseas, it's crazy to think that, you know, I mean, have you thought about some of that stuff? Oh, yeah. It's, it's mind-blowing to think that you can connect with somebody to sell a Pokemon card to somebody in Japan, you know, that, that's been looking for that card forever, and you happen to have it because you found it at some thrift store somewhere. Anyway, to me, that blows my mind. All right, so, so staying back on path, um, when, when you look at the number one uh, – use of data mine what are you seeing what's the number one thing that you see people are coming in and saying oh my god this fixes this it's mainly the delisting and relisting automation that's if you just go to one page there's a there's something called the inventory summary tab which gives you so much information to your shipping policies to what you're selling how old your inventory is that's like you get I always get the wow factor from people by looking at that one page. It's good and bad. It's embarrassing when you look at it and you see how much you have over 180 days, though. Right. (laughs) It it does make you – it's a a slap in the face. It's like a wake-up call. Right. But, you know, I I, I get more information off that one page than I do the seller hub. And that was the whole goal of, like Chris Lenny said, Brooks, if you can just create me one page that is so actionable to help me, 
you know, that's worth, you know, 10 bucks a month. So that one page there is all about how you create good action to help drive, you know, future sales. And it's a velocity issue, right? So your inventory by summary by days since last sale, it's a velocity issue, right? It's showing you how long that inventory has been sitting, um, uh, watches, average watch. It's showing you um, average days of selling. Mm-hmm. average sales price, which is very strong. It's showing, and if I go down, right, so that's a velocity issue, and I can click on each one of those, and we'll talk about that in a second, how we can how we can list that, because I agree with you. But then it also gives me this, this other thing, uh, inventory summary by store category name. So is this an opportunity? Because if, if store categories are important, and I'm not saying they are, I don't know, um, and maybe you can tell me, is this an opportunity to fix these other things too? And it's saying, hey, if you want to have the best listing, these are the things that you need to deal with. Right. Yeah, I think uh, what we're going with showing all the store categories and things like that, I want to know my sell-through rate per eBay category. Oh, great. So basically, I want to be able to give our users the ability on what not to buy. You don't want to be buying things that don't move. So if you knew your sell-through rate by category, that would help you, you know, basically on the procurement piece. And then we move over and we see inventory summary by conditions. Right. And so that's, again, what you're saying. It's another exact example, right? You want to know, hey, if I'm buying all these things and these are all acceptable and they're not selling, um, Steve, stop buying acceptable items. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. So answer me this. Why do I have 98% of mine showing is not assigned? However, I've never put a listing in without a condition ever, ever, ever. And have you clicked on the not assigned? No. Because it's five thousand items, dude. <laughs> but it, but it, it's it's just it's just odd to me. Again, is this where the database was so old and it got converted? You know, probably three times. Um, I hate to say how old that listing is. It's old. Um, the first one that comes up is that likely what's happened is that they've changed fields over the years and and therefore it's not getting recognized. That could be yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Painful. But again, is this an opportunity to fix this? Right. I mean, is this one of those things? Let me ask you this. Do you recommend to sellers to go in and start addressing each one of these if they want to be if they want to get the optimal revenue from their items? Yes, that's exactly what I do. So you know, this right here is eye opening when you first get to this page in the software, but then it's like, okay, how do you clean it up, and then how do you manage it going forward? So a good example would be I will I always recommend users to delist and relist everything that hasn't sold in six months or greater. And then on just a monthly basis, just keep doing that, you know, and then work on your things that haven't sold within 90, 61 to 90 days. And that way it's just getting to a good rhythm. It could, because eventually, the, I guess the top sellers would not have things in those outer categories because they've optimized them in theory. Yes. Hmm. Would you say the investment of time, um, is that where the 10% came from? You know, is that when you think back to the people that have gone through and saw that huge improvement, they've put their head down and just crunched through all this stuff to get to that level? Or have you seen people like instantly make a few changes and then boom, they automatically saw those results? I think for the users that are using our accounting piece as well, it's instant gratification, you know, because they didn't really have any process at all around that and then now we give them a tool to be able to save them well that that is very sexy because you give me the ability to finally put my cost of goods in a place that i could actually get it back out of correct yeah you can see how profitable you are per item shipped on eBay. and when when you've seen businesses now because will it calculate cost of goods for you at the year end yes dude this yeah. is that finance degree coming in, isn't it? <laughs> was this a pain point for your wife? Um, not so much. I mean, Wu Chung is very, I mean, he basically, he's almost like a CPA as well. Okay. So um, I'm the seller out there that I, if my margin, if I know my margins, you know, 70, 80%, I'm probably not going to want to know my profitability per item. So, so we also give you the ability just to do lump sum tra- journal transactions, journal entries to where, you know, you can do a P&L still at each individual month. Can you get actually get a, a balance sheet out of it too or just a P&L? Just a P&L right now. Just a P&L. And then will this uh, create a file that I can upload to my uh, QuickBooks or something like that? Not at this moment. The goal is to get off QuickBooks. 
Ah. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I guess if you're only selling on eBay, why get that big complicated thing with QuickBooks, right? If you're not, and right. especially if you don't have payroll and if it's just a simple small business. Um, right. However, when you scale up, you, you got you know, responsibilities. Some of those take a little more complicated accounting. However, it looks like you can make some journal entries in your system to put in some additional costs, correct? Absolutely. So you can put in expenses and revenue from other platforms as well. So if you sell, you know, in Poshmark or Bakari, you can do that as well and put them in here. We pull all your eBay revenue and expenses and PayPal. That's just, that. that's done to us, but other platforms, you can do that manually. How are you addressing um, eBay's moving to uh, their own or somebody else's um, uh, payment system? Not PayPal. It's something else. Yeah. From the... From the back end uh, where we talk through the APIs, it's not really changing anything, Okay, which is good. Okay. All right. So it'll just be, instead of saying PayPal, it'll say whatever the other thing is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As yeah. they move around and, and it'll probably change two or three times. Now, um, I'm looking through some of the pages and I'm looking at customer tab. What's the thinking about customers? Um, I get the concept of loyal customers, but what's the concept of customers? What's, what's, what was the thinking that we need this page for? If you're that user that every month or every quarter you would go into PayPal, dump your transactions, copy and paste the, the data, their emails and all that stuff, this is the page that takes away that, that need. So and what, what would somebody be doing with that data? Taking that and creating their own marketing campaigns off of it. So, you know, this these customers bought this type of product. I want to try to upsell them to Y type of product. That's the kind of stuff. Us Only we started out 100% on eBay. And now over time, 70% of our revenue is driven directly through PayPal. So, you know, most sellers out there might sell on three or four different platforms. We don't do that. We sell on one, one or two platforms. And then the other piece is just doing B2B sales directly through PayPal. It's huge. Saves a lot of money. So, so directly through PayPal, meaning that you're selling it on your own website or somehow marketing to them? Yeah. Selling like uh, you know, I would say, hey, I saw you purchase this hard drive five times from us. How about you want, I got 20 more. How about you just want to go direct with me? Hmm. Loyal customers, I think, is very interesting where I get to see customers that have purchased more than one item from me. Um, that's that's cool. Like, I've never known that somebody has bought, I mean, unless I caught it. You know, so if they bought it one time, that's pretty helpful, right? What, what does that help? What was your thinking there? What was that? Is that then you would look at what products they bought and you'd say, okay, there's a demand here? Yeah, imagine looking at uh, your paid and shipped orders on eBay and within one second being able to identify a repeat buyer. So if you, you can do that with data mine by looking at your orders. And then I just wanted a very fast way of once a week, I would look through all my transactions and try to identify my repeat customers. So mm. that's the kind of thing there. And that was the thinking there. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so... As I move along and I start looking along, um, the dashboard just blows my mind because immediately I see just so much activity as, as you said, like Chris said, hey, I need one page where I can see everything I want and I can make my decisions here. This is a very strong place um, with uh, uh, my uh, daily workflow, sales report, accounting, revenue report, eBay post transactions and custom report. How sacred is that space? I remember talking to somebody who developed Amazon's homepage and he said they competed all these, you know, unique departments wanted space on that page because, you know, but he said it was such sacred territory. You know, that was, that was real strong real estate that everybody wanted on. How about for you guys? Oh, it's extremely. I mean, the, the most important, we have a lot of work to do on our dashboard tab. So dashboard tab is just taking the best metrics possible and making it, you know, um, easily actionable for the eBay seller. So we have a lot of work to do on that, but it's, yeah, but uh, it's so cool to see my revenue in one simple place, my year to date right. revenue, in one simple place. And, and you want to see that. I'd love to see a hockey stick. I don't, I see a long, but it, it's a gradient. I mean, it, it definitely is going up. Um, mm -hmm. And then the new postings, I think this is another huge, huge opportunity. Um, and I don't remember who started it, but there's a thing out there. I don't know if you follow any of these guys who do this momentum 
program where basically uh, you're, uh, they, you're, you're listing as many as you can, setting a goal. We do it as a financial target rather than a number of items, but you're setting it. And our sales have exploded because of it. I think we listed 75,000 in three months worth of listings, which is enormous on eBay. And you see it correlate to higher sales, right? And again, I think as you would say, it's because you're active in the database, Steve. That's why you're seeing those results, right? Right. That's a good point. That's why we put those two charts together. So if you start seeing your revenue slide, the minute that you should be thinking immediately, oh, let me get my exposure out there and cre create new listings. So that's kind of stuff that I would monitor. And then I would say, you know, to my wife, hey, we need to create more, you know, listings out there because our revenue is dipping. Um, well, and, and, and logically, that's the place to invest, right? So if you're sitting there, because this is one of the hard parts of this business is there's so many moving pieces to it. It's like, where do I invest? Do I source more? Do I list more? Um, do I, uh, you know, ship better? I guess I don't know about that, but but logically, so this tells you right there, you know, if you want to source more, that's great. If it's sitting there not getting listed, it's not helping you. So that's not the place you need to go. You need to list more and look at the correlation. And any other thing is, it's it's probably. Um, there's a math formula you can say, hey, if I increase this number of listings, I saw a 25% increase in sales. If my sales are X, I could expect this dollar amount. Therefore, if I have to spend this amount of money to get that dollar amount, that's a good return, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the future of data mine uh, could be to where when you first get into data mine, you say, my revenue goal is X. And obviously, we, we can look at your sales cycle. We can look at your ASP. And we can start guiding you into a journey to say, hey, for you to hit your revenue target of 10000 this month, you need to increase your inventory exposure by 25% because your ASP is only 45 bucks, you know, on average right now. Imagine a tool that helped you make decisions like that. Yeah. You're basically saying, Steve, you know, we're measuring you against best practice. This is always where I'd like to go. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. There are people way smarter than me. I want to measure myself against them, not just one offs, but a whole group of people that are best practice. And then mm -hmm. you can see that Delta, that gap, and then I address it. Oh dude, he would help her business enormously. Right. Now, I haven't seen a business model yet for you guys, you know, and I don't know when you're dropping that. Um, but at this point, it's a free service, right? It's to get people hooked and see the quality and, and as you build it out, which I think is very, very smart because you're getting people to help make a decision about something. They're going to be invested, right? Mm -hmm. That's fair. Mm -hmm. What what type of business model do you foresee with data mine? Is it a revenue sharing? Is it a flat fee? Is it a scale based on transactions or usage? So it's going to be a three-tier model. Um, and the models are going to probably start out January 1, we'll be going to more of a pay model with a three-tier structure. The lowest tier structures for that small, small seller that, you know, wants to look at all their orders, wants to do their accounting, wants to do their mileage tracking, you know, that's going to be that that first tier right there. The second tier is going to be more if you want to do more inventory automation. And the highest tier is going to be the whole delisting and relisting uh, uh, features as well. Uh, have you, uh, and I don't know whether you're ready to commit at this point, have you guys, you know, put a framework to what uh, costs likely would be? So we're going to go from a, for Q1 of next year, we're going to be offering basically promotional pricing. And it's going to start in the 20, 30, 40, depending on what tier you go in. And so. that's per month. So not a revenue share, not a percentage of sales or anything like that, which is, you know, I think about Amazon. That's one of the big challenges. Any of the large um, inventory companies take a percentage. Right. Yeah. We, we wanted to stay away from that. That's just not fair to the seller, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that promotional price, is that for your, your initial customers, the ones that, that, that kind of go in that charter group? Anyone that signs up before March 31st. Okay. Okay. And then you'll raise it to what it would be. Would the, are, are you going to honor that price then for a period of time? Yes. You get locked into that price. Like forever? Forever. Dude, that's a long time. That is a long time. <laughs> now, as you roll out other services, do they automatically get grandfathered in that charter group? Yes. Oh, dude. All right. So yeah, there's the reason to join. First off, it's free, right? right. And uh, right now. Um, and it, if somebody comes in and they try it and they see, wow, this is awesome, but I'm doing nothing with it. I'm not mm -hmm. going to take action on it. it. You're presenting me things I should take action, but I'm lazy. 
mm-hmm. right? Brooks, I'm, I'm just lazy. I'm not going to do it, right? Yeah. It's cool, but I'm not going to do it. It's just a side hustle for me. It's, it's just not going to be something I want to invest a lot of time. They get out of it. There's nothing to them, right? It doesn't affect their account. They just deactivate your access to their eBay oh, yeah. account. Absolutely. You just deactivate and it's done. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's the reason that you want to join. And again, if you ever have an interest in this, because you know what's cool to me is you're just getting started. And when right. you have smart people like a Chris Lynn and some of these other really strong analytical type of sellers helping advise you and to say, hey, these are other pain points. Could you address this in the simple way um, without emotion? Again, I, I think the thing that's most attractive with your company to me is that you guys are not emotional about eBay. Um you know, in a weird way. And like, you, you get what I mean? In the weird way? Uh, I think so. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you guys are sellers, but you're not like, it's not a romantic thing. It's like, hey, this is a great platform. We love it. It's great. Now we can get the most from it. We're getting data. We can take action. We can oh, increase yeah. our sales instead of, wow, you know, the old way we did things. And this is why. And nah, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how we are. I okay. Mean. So what's next for you guys? Um, I mean, I, I sit there and I think about, you know, the number one thing, the data mining, right? So where you're taking data out and you're saying, Steve, relist it. Um, you're pointing to me, hey, these are the problems with your, not problem. These are the opportunities with your listings. You can improve this. So first one is check, delist to increase sales. Second one is, hey, these are the opportunities because your listings have some weirdness going on check. That's another revenue opportunity. Again, that seems to be a common theme. Accounting, so you can see profitability per item. So you can, again, stop buying certain things. Check. That's all revenue driven. Um, What else is next? So early 2019, we're probably going to be uh, looking at consignment features. So some of our users are paying a hundred bucks a month for a consignment tool that's, you know, which is ridiculous. And I think so meaning that they're a consigner for somebody else's product. Yes. And how do they track how they got the product, who gave it to them, what percent do they pay out to them post sale? So given the functionality to do all that with inside data mine. Do you see the ability to then have that revenue split? Uh, shared with that other person or um, I mean because accounting wise it's right they're just writing a check to somebody and so your system can handle that it sounds like but do you see the ability eventually you guys would link back through PayPal to have that revenue shot across or something like that and make payments from your system oh that's a good point Uh, we do have the capability of doing that yeah oh you do have the uh, right now you have the capability right now we do it's Uh, not built into the product but do the fact as long as they're using PayPal to do to, to pay out people, then that, that shouldn't be a problem. Well, could you see the, uh, and let's just stay on that, um, that, um, consignment model where, okay, Brooks and I, I, I sent Brooks a bunch of stuff and, and you're keeping, you know, 30% and I'm taking 60% of net. Could you actually flag that in the system? So the payment, the accounting gets sent to me? Yes. Yep. Really? Yeah. What we're doing right now is just trying to find, you know, 10 to 15 consignment users and then once then we have like weekly meetings with them so we build out every case possible so So you're still looking for people for that yes Hmm. okay so if you're interested in that they're going to reach out me and i'll have um, a link for um to get in touch with you um okay so what else is next what other uh, places do you see opportunities um i see opportunities in marketing so cross marketing on maybe facebook marketplace cross marketing on poshmark i think that's going to be big um you know we ebay says they spend so much money in marketing but i want to give our users the ability to say hey i want to cross market my ebay store products on a facebook campaign targeted promotion to this type of demographic of people i think that and being being able to do that automatically would be pretty cool i think Again, with your whole philosophy is that sounds like another opportunity to raise revenues. You know, it's interesting as I sit back and listen to this conversation, and I bet you a whole bunch of other people picked up on it too. Almost every single thing you guys are doing is trying to gain revenue. Either gain revenue or save your time. Hmm. Dude. That's the, that's the approach that's missing. That's that, that, you know, and I guess it's, that's you, that project manager, that person who's seeing it all the way through. That's really why you have that, that eye for it. And I'm, I'm assuming your partner does too. That's very, very cool. All right. What else would you like people to know about your system? What else did I not emphasize enough? The listing and delisting thing. I hope people get that. What he's saying is, look, 
eBay right now, today, their algorithm rewards, at least we believe, because they're not going to share it with you, they believe, believe that they reward the squeaky wheel, the person who's got the most time in the system, so therefore you need to be active in it. And your system will take down, what, 25 and relist 25 a day. Yes. And yep. that will keep you, because if you do 25 transactions a day, that's pretty active. Yes, exactly. That, that's why we do that. So it's, it's making... You know, it's making it look like you're in eBay every day making those tweaks and those adjustments. And if you sent in 2,000, it would probably shut you down and say, whoa, something's wrong, right? Nobody can physically do that. Um, I don't I don't think that's going to be a huge flag. But, you know, we eBay only allows companies like us to talk to them so many times. Uh, per day. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, all right, yeah. that, that makes more sense. And so you have limited ability to get in. And so then is your advice, if that's the truth, are the 25 that I choose? So I have 371 listings in that, um, what did I say, in that category that are sitting out there, right, that are uh, over 180 days uh, or, or 90 to 100, whatever it is in there. Is that the group that I want to address first? Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay. And will the, how does the 25 of that group get chosen? Which 25 gets delisted and relisted? The first ones in that section? Yep. The first ones in that section. Okay. So is the smart move then to sort it differently and then maybe go for your higher dollar amounts because of this time of year and you want to, you know, get as much Christmas stuff out there as you can? Or is there is there a way to manipulate it differently? Yeah, you can you can sort it by either custom label or store category, however you want to do it. So you can sort it by uh, elapsed day since sold. So that's kind of how I prioritize it. But let's say you want to only do a certain category. You can do that as well. Okay. All right. Um, what else would you like to let people know? Because to me, again, I'm going for that. To me, these are, there are three, I'm, I'm addressing three things. One is obviously to get these, these listings delisted and relisted, right? Because there's your, that's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit, right? To right. get back in there. Second, I'm going right after is getting rid of 96 shipping, um, uh, plans because I, I assume that makes it messy for eBay's algorithm too. I can't imagine that's good for them that I have 96. Well, I have a hundred, but I'm going to keep four, but I can get rid of 96 of them. That's messy. Right. And, and I imagine that makes it harder for customers and, and just weirdness all the way around. Right. I'll say one really cool thing that saves me hours, uh, using data mine, you know, eBay wants you to promote everything, whether it be through promoted listings or Markdown manager, and they don't really give you the ability. They only give you the ability to, to really promote or mark down an entire category. But certain things in the category you know sell a lot better than other items in your category. So with data mine, basically you can export all of your inventory into an Excel file. And you can filter by elapsed time or you can filter by custom label, whatever you want. So that way you can do a targeted marketing promotion on eBay within under probably... 45 seconds because I want to only promote things that haven't sold in X amount of time. Hmm. Did that, does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. I think, I think you want to, again, take advantage of, uh, well, no, say it again, say it again. Cause I don't think I did get it. So I want to do a promotion or a promoted listing in eBay for only items that haven't sold in let's say a half a year. Okay, so they've been sitting there, it's stale. It's stale inventory. Stale inventory. For you to do that in eBay, and I did this before we automated it, it took me three hours. <laughs> okay. In data mine, it can take you less than a minute. Hmm. So that's that's one thing. Yeah, I'm Great. sitting here thinking about that. One of the other things that blew my mind was the sales by state because of the sales tax issue that's out there, right? People are worried and concerned about number of transactions or dollar amounts and things like that. Mm -hmm. You, I've never seen this data. Like I, we run our own state because we pay sales tax in our state, right? I've mm -hmm. never seen this, the ability to know where my products are selling. Fascinating. Yes, and we do the same thing for country as well. So if you want to know what revenue is generating out of a certain country, you know that real time now. Dude, you've addressed uh, so many different issues. Um, and I, to me, what's exciting is you're just getting started. And I, I just, again, I can't imagine where you're going because um, you've already taken it so far. It's, it's just very, very cool. Um, um, yeah, I mean that. Uh, I really do. Okay, so let's... 
people are interested in finding out more information. Now, let me see. You did give me a link, um, and it's a sign-up link. I have a sign-up link, and I'm going to send it. Uh, I'm going to put it on this episode um, for people that want to get There's no cost to you um, nope. to come in. Um, and if you eventually do pay, I do benefit if you use this link. So I, I just always clear about that up front because I, you know, and so you don't need to use this link. If you want to get in, just sign up for data mine with two eyes and you can do that, but it would help me out and help me in the podcast. And so I have that link, so I would appreciate it. I'll put this on that episode. Um, any other thing that you're seeing, or you're not interfacing with other companies at this point, you're not doing Poshmark or Macari or any of those at this point? Not yet. Is that something, I mean, assuming that crosses your mind and you would love to be able to do? Yeah, I think that's going to be, we just partnered with one of the largest clothing manufacturers in the U.S. So we're getting uh, thousands of clothing at basically consignment. And this is like new attack stuff. So now that we're forcing ourselves into the clothing space, I'm trying to act more as our Wait, you as a company? Me as a company, yes. Oh, dear God, your poor wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's good thing it's all renewables. Okay. So it, and it's you know from college wear to Marvels to Walt Disney clothes. I mean it's just a little bit of everything. But you couldn't have done this. I mean think about this. I mean as I, as you say that, if you didn't have this, it would be overwhelming, wouldn't it? Oh yes, absolutely. I mean it would be one of those things that would probably be like no, it's just too big. For, I'm not. It's it's too big for us. We couldn't manage it because it's the. It's not that you can't pack and ship. That part's not that hard. It's this part. It's knowing what's profitable, what's not, and getting it all listed and all the rest of that jazz. And you guys have addressed so much of that. Right. Hmm. And we're the kind of company to where if if 50% or 70% of our users are in a certain category, I'm going to want to sell in that category to feel the pain that they're feeling. So that's, that's who we are. And so that helps you. Have you ever thought about addressing the listing uh, limitations that are out there? Because it is a challenge sometimes to do scaled listings. So when I, when I look at, I'm a little different with that. When I look at creating a listing feature, that means I'm going to compete against Ink Frog and uh, there's so many different companies out there to do that. I say either I create a listing feature or can I help our users find renewable products? So my one of my top initiatives for 2019 is how do I help our users find renewables? That way they're not having to list uh, you know, 100 one-offs. They just have to list 10 things. And by, by narrowing down so Steve can see what really sells, he's going to narrow his focus. He's going to say no more than he says yes, and therefore he's going to sell similar items, right? Because I know where I'm making my bread and butter. Exactly. Hmm. I, I think, too, if you can't add value to it, I mean, if Ink Prog's doing a decent job with it, and you can't really enhance it or add a lot of value, why waste your time there? I think that's another real, that's a real point. I mean, because you have limited resources, right? You can only have so much attention. Dude. Exactly. I am I am blown away. Um, this is really terrific. Um, I think you're advancing our business. I can see it. I can I can see it. I'm telling you, as I sit back, I can see a huge advancement in our business and making it easier. And and I just had somebody on who was talking about their warehouse by making it more efficient. It was Perry Coughlin was talking to. He was able to find 25% more efficiency in his existing warehouse. Therefore, he didn't have to go up in warehouse size. Mm-hmm. And so the pain of moving and all the costs and this is exactly the same thing. I can sell. I don't have to make more listings to sell 10% more and gain 25% more time. Dude. It's huge. It's, it's really huge. Okay. All right. So it's data mine with two eyes. And uh, Brooks, if somebody has a follow-up question, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook and best by trying to go to our data mine beta user group. So just type that in. Or you can email me at data mine with two eyes at gmail.com gmail.com okay and i'll put that out there and again i'm going to have the link uh, for signing up uh it's a beta group it's a charter group you get in you're going to lock in your price um i'm already on it and uh reach out to me if you need help because i'm starting to figure it out and it's like it's so exciting for me um the goal of the podcast is to help people move forward so you know i, I always have asked that question what's your best advice because you've seen so many different sellers you've seen the best and the worst What's your advice that you still give out? To, and plus, you've been a seller for so long um, and a successful seller. What's your best advice to help people get past stuck? The best advice would be it's not about selling. It's about buying. So if you can find a niche of hmm. buyers who want a product, you can then basically become their buying source for them. So you would never have to even leave your house to do retail arbitrage. 
So that is the key. We do a lot of that at the business here, at the other business. So it's really identifying what you're going to sell, and then your time is finding those products for that because you've already figured out that the buyers are there and you're exactly. meeting their needs. Oh, dude, yep. so smart. Very, yep. very cool. Well, I thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Man, what a great guy. What a great company. Again, it's it's uh, focusing on uh, eBay today. Um, join. Um, I have a link, and again, it is an affiliate link, and there's no fee, so at this point, it really didn't cost you anything, but um, that would help me out and help out the podcast, um, and I have it on this episode. Uh, sign up because you'll get locked in on that price for life. He committed to it for life. So, um, you know, those of us who have been paying these other companies forever and yet you're not utilizing their system, this is something um, that a whole bunch of really smart eBay sellers like a Chris Lynn and a whole bunch of other people have helped uh, direct and, 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 and point out the problems that they have. And this data, uh, data mine dashboard, for example, I can see all those new listings and then the correlation to my eBay transactions after it. You want to talk about a kick in the butt and an incentive to do more because you see it working? phenomenal so smart um, come check it out uh, data mine with two eyes uh, again and um, and if you use my link that would be awesome if you don't I understand I'm, I'm cool with that too I just want to see you improve your business ecommercemomentum.com ecommercemomentum.com take care thanks for listening to the ecommerce momentum podcast all the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes